0: Welcome to the Bluevale Podcast. Andrew Rosenbaum here, and today we've got our first outside guest. Uh, Brian Reuter from Helena Agribusiness is one of the sales reps that represents Helena for us here at Blueville. I contact him all the time when purchasing products or if I have questions about what types of products he has that would help me out in various situations. He's been in the green industry for quite a while, both in the golf course side of things and then also as a sales rep for the business. And Brian, if you want to introduce yourself and maybe give a quick history of your time.
1: Sure. Yeah. So once again, my name is Brian Reuter from uh, Helena here based out of Shawnee, Kansas. So kind of brief history on myself as I went to school at K-State, graduated in uh, 94. I was on the golf side of things for probably about 15 years, I guess, between being an assistant superintendent, and also being a, uh, a golf course superintendent. And then opportunity came along for uh this job here with helena as a sales rep came along and i pursued it and uh been with helena since since 07 so yeah it's been uh, been a very good move for me and uh really enjoyed it
0: okay yeah 2007 is when i started working at blueville again full time out of college and uh so i got oh, to know really? brian right away yeah yeah all
1: right so what makes helena special um, you know what kind of, in my opinion, makes Helena special. Um, trying to set us aside from our competition or a few things. One, uh, one is our products. Um, you know we uh, we're distributing. Um, I'm a distributing rep, but we're also uh, we also manufacture um, products here through Helena. Um, whether it's add surfactants, um, herbicides, um, that type of thing. We will do that. We've got some, uh, formulation plants around the country that, uh, we do that things we're doing with some of our product line, other companies can't, can't do. So I think that sets us apart a little bit there. Um, I also think our, uh, our people set us apart from the, uh, from our corporate level all the way down to, um, our distribution centers and that people really, uh, or bought in, do a great job with uh, with the company, and uh, yeah, really want to see the company succeed.
0: Yeah, that's great. I've definitely noticed that as a, a purchaser of your products, I can give you a call, and if I need it the next day, you'll overnight it, UPS, right, and right, that kind of right. stuff. Yeah. So, it's,
1: but you don't do that very often because you're 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 always in good uh, good <laughs> shape in terms of keeping organized. So, <laughs> yeah, I try and
0: plan ahead. That's right. So. That's right. You mentioned the manufacturing process. I know the fertilizer is not manufactured at the plant there in Kansas City or Shawnee, but what does happen there at that Shawnee plant?
1: So uh, um, at the Shawnee plant, where we're uh, a little more unique than uh, some of our other Helena specialty locations is uh, we actually produce fertilizer there. When I say we talk about produce, we're not producing the urea or potash or or uh, phosphorus we're you know essentially blending the fertilizer into into bags there and so how the process works uh, nitrogen you know urea or ammonium sulfate whatever the whatever the bulk product is comes in on essentially uh, grain grain trucks um, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll offload there in our Shawnee site we as we as it offloads out of the grain trucks type of thing we'll uh, it gets screened so we get some consistency on the uh, on the prill um so we're typically it's around 195 to 220 SGN size in terms of the size of the prill, which is comparable or very common for lawn care companies offload them into uh out of the, out of the trucks into uh essentially 2,000 pound hopper totes that uh, we can move around the forklift bring them inside and from there we we've got just a dry storage for our npk and then when it comes time to uh Start making products we've got a uh, we've got a five ton blender that essentially will it's kind of similar to making making a cookie recipe for you know our uh, our blender he has a blend sheet that he'll take back there that's going to have what percentage in a five ton batch how many tons pounds you would put of NpK we impregnate right there too um, so essentially it's going to drop a certain percent on the conveyor belt goes into the into our five ton blender from there, if it's straight fertilizer, then it'll just mix around just, uh, you know, so it gets uniformity. So um, we can put it into the pods then and then go to the bagging process. If it's a control product, such as a pre-emergent or something for grub control, then and when as it's blending right there, we've got the capability to of spraying um, those control products on there. And uh, then it'll blend and make sure it's all properly mixed up and then once again from there it goes to the goes to the bagger line and we've actually got a robotic arm that we invested in a few last year I guess and uh, so we've got a robotic arm that's stacking stacking the 50 pound bags throughout the day so typically on a good day there at our location we can do we can blend and bag anywhere from 40 to 50 ton so which which seems like a lot but you know companies such as your size you guys are going through 25 to 30 ton of around type of yeah. thing so um you know we've got so there's a lot of larger lawn care companies that yeah that's uh that's just uh, a day's worth is just uh, pretty much an application around for them so yeah um, so, so that's kind of how it works
0: yeah it's been a few years since I've toured that facility yeah and when I was there last guys were hand stacking those pallets i'd yeah, love to go yeah. see that robotic arm <laughs> Yeah, that's so, yeah, pretty neat it's pretty neat yeah and you mentioned that impregnating the prills and just to be clear that is usually something to add a slow release element
1: yeah it can uh it can it's uh the slow release element can either come it either comes to us on the on the trucks where it's going to be a polymer coated type okay. of product or um we can impregnate when we impregnate if we Make a urease inhibiting enzyme type of stabilizer, um, such as stuff as Uflex or something like that. That's what we would uh, spray the spray the urea with uh, with our product called Infix. Um, That's where we spray the product on there and create uh, create our own own Uflex um, with our product. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. The other thing that Brian really got me into these last couple years is growth inhibitors. Something I've noticed is in the springtime you can't mow enough, it seems like. Um, Here in Manhattan, we do a lot of bagging, but in Kansas City, they don't do much bagging, so a lot of stuff is just mulching and uh, blow and go. So the companies in Kansas City were looking for a way to cut down on the amount of thatch they were leaving on the lawn and the amount of time they spent double or triple cutting. So last year I went to a little presentation and they sold me on the use of growth inhibitors. It's not something I use on every property, but there are a few. Brian, if you just want to kind of talk about the pros of using a growth inhibitor in the spring and fall,
1: yeah, there's um, there's huge huge pros in it um, from a uh, you know from a company standpoint, especially here the past past few years when labor has started becoming tougher and tougher for companies to find and also uh fuel costs what fuel costs were um you know what the what hourly rate was going for you know to employ people you know companies are starting to trying to find ways to help aid in them to where they're when they were making their weekly visits they especially in the springtime when things are just going crazy growth wise ways for them to Get in and get out without having to spend the extra time. And, and one way of doing that, um, whether it's, whether it's on turf or even on on shrubbery too, is uh, use the growth regulators. And there's there's a whole slew of different growth regulators. But essentially, how a lot of growth regulators work is they they restrict the production of gibberellic acid in the in the plant. The gibberellic acid uh, essentially gives the is the upright hormone that helps mm-hmm. give the upright portion. Growth portion of the plant. So by restricting that, by applying a growth regulator, it restricts that gibberellic acid. So it uh, essentially it's going to take that energy from restricting that gibberellic acid and pushes it more down into the root. So one, you're going to restrict the top growth. It doesn't affect the doesn't affect the plant in terms of you know health wise by any any stretch. It if anything it can help. Some are promote a healthier, healthier plant in the spring because it's going to help to by restricting that gibberellic acid. It's going to take that energy from going that from going upward down in the into the into the uh, roots of the plant. So you're going to help help push roots and, and get a little bit better uh, better rooting through springtime. So and then you know depending on all these chemicals, especially on plant growth regulators, it's not a matter of. Uh, y- the rates vary, but um, you know, typically on a on an application, you'll you'll get about three to four weeks between applications um, on it, depending on what rate you're going at. And it's not gonna it's not gonna shut down the plant totally, but it's gonna shut it down to where you're it's probably you're gonna be able to get in there and mow, maintain, and get in it out of there without having to spend a bunch of extra time you know double cutting it whatever it may be yeah. and there's also there's and i there's also regulators also on the on the shrubbery side that you know companies go with that they'll they'll hit after their first springtime you know spring pruning type of thing hit it with a growth regulator and it'll keep them it'll keep the plants nice and compact and tight you know um until until fall, so you know. Once yeah. again, it would help cut out a cut out a trimming for for companies that are. Like I said, the biggest struggle right now is is labor for for everybody. It seems like so. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then on those, it's very important to get your applications even. You don't want to have one half of the plant correct. Yes, yes. Just growing out of it, and the yes. other one nice and compact. Yeah. Um, I did some test strips here at the nursery last year, where I did a strip down with the growth regulator on the turf. Went over 10 or 12 feet, did another strip. Went over 10 or 12 feet, did another strip. And a week later, I went out and looked at it, and you could see a nice sine wave. Oh, where, really? where I had yeah, sprayed yeah, yeah. was shorter right. and actually greener, too. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other stuff had grown and was not quite as green. The presenter at that presentation I went to about this time last year had mentioned, because the upright growth is shorter, but you're not losing any chlorophyll, everything's a little... Tighter right, and looks right. more green yeah, without yeah. the need of added nitrogen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that was one added side effect that I really thought was beneficial. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Why fertilizer prices can go up and down so much? I don't. It's
1: up to you. It's yeah. it's not our fault. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's not this. It's not especially size fault. It's yeah. it's such an ag driven market on that. Um, yeah. as, long as as long as commodity prices are staying strong you know farmers are willing to keep fertilizing and uh can afford to keep fertilizing and uh you know when you the perfect storms just happened here between the covid and you know lack of you got lack of lack of labor you got uh you know weather weather is a big factor too Mm -hmm. um this past year uh, mississippi river was getting a little low in certain areas because it's so hot and dry, and there's a lot of fertilizer that gets transported up and down the Mississippi River, and that's going to fluctuate um, in terms of freight costs, fuels through the roof um, yeah. still. So, yeah, I mean, it's—fertilizer, uh, I fertilizer, I think, is going to probably stay comparable to where it was this past year. That's okay. my, where I'm yeah. feeling it, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, fertilizer for— Turf in home lawns or, resi- oh, or business or, lawns or, is, or is a, well, just a drop in the bucket yes, compared to the agribusiness Absolutely, side of yes. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Appreciated you coming on and talking with me today. Uh, if you have any questions uh, for me or if you want to pass along to Brian, you can reach me at podcast at bluebellnursery dot com.